Good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 451 to begin tonight. Page 451, Trust and Obey. We'll sing the first, the fourth, and the last verse together tonight. Verses 1, 4, and 5. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. Telling you, it's a simple song, but a lot of truth in it. Amen. And uh, just trust and, and obey. And uh, seems like we heard a message like that on Sunday night. Amen. From the life of Joshua. But trust and obey, and God will prosper and 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 uh, make your way successful. Amen. And so, sure, thankful for that. Looking forward to tonight. Sure, glad you're here. The oasis in the desert. Amen. And uh, or I guess maybe a warm, dry spot, amen, in the Kansas winter, however you want to put it, but sure thankful to be in the Lord's house uh, tonight. Let's ask the Lord to bless our services tonight. Uh, brother Dave Shane, would you open us in a word of prayer tonight, brother? And won't you be seated uh, tonight? If I start sniffling and sneezing, I, I hope it won't be a distraction. I uh, as soon as the school let out today, I started sneezing like crazy, and I guess I'm allergic to children. <laughs> Amen. And then it, you know, I've been I sneezed all afternoon and tonight, and took some allergy medicine and stuff like that. But anyways, if my nose starts running, somebody catch it. Amen. So. All right, just a few quick announcements here, and I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row, but uh, of course, uh, don't forget about uh, if you have kids uh, in the school, this coming uh, Friday is a uh, field trip, and then of course, uh, church family Saturday uh, at 1030 in the morning is our church-wide outreach, and so again, we're going to be meeting over in the fellowship hall and looking forward to going out, doing some canvassing, some door knocking, certainly some visiting. And so if you can be here to help us out with that, we would sure appreciate that. And then also uh, Friday, a week from this coming Friday, March the 17th, is our annual Baptist Church. We are hosting uh, this one. And uh, if you, uh, uh, of course, For them, we'll start at 6.30, and that'll be over in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium, and the services here typically start around 7.30 uh, that night. Our guest preacher is Pastor Jason 
uh, Jet Pastors uh, Southside, or I'm sorry, Eastside Baptist Church in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, and just a real blessing and a good preacher, and uh, and looking forward to having him here uh, with us. We'll also have guest music uh, from Glory Bound, the Glory Bound Quartet out of Heartland Baptist Bible College, and then of course uh, the Glory Bound Quartet and their sponsors will be staying over to be with us in our Sunday morning service uh, that uh, night, uh, March the 19th. And so I uh, just wanted to let you all know uh, for Sunday school, that Sunday morning, um, uh, we'll, have combined our com- we'll be combining our adult and uh, teen classes and going to have one of the students from Heartland's going to teach our Sunday school class. And then Brother Jamie Jett, uh, him and Miss Vicki, uh, he is uh, Brother Jason Jett's dad. And has certainly been a long time, uh, um, I guess, the dean. I, I think he's, uh, him and Miss Vicky were the dean of students and the dean of men and dean of women there for a long time. He also pastored as well, and so he's going to be preaching uh, Sunday morning uh, for us. If you were here, I guess, probably about two or three years ago, Brother Jet did our Sunday school class, and uh, he d- has, they have written some books on counseling that have been a real help. Uh, to people and so but anyways just a real blessing and and done some teaching on that uh, while he was here but uh, anyways he's going to be preaching uh, that Sunday morning so looking forward uh, to just a great weekend and a great day uh, in the Lord of course this coming Sunday be our regular services but don't forget uh, daylight savings time I guess ends or begins I don't know what it is anyways it uh, either way we lose I think we lose an hour uh, this time because we spring uh, forward and so here's what I've discovered about that. Um, when you gain an hour, it's weird because you gain an hour and people come in on Sunday morning and they're tired because they thought, oh, I got an extra hour. So they ended up staying up too late. But then when you lose an hour, people come in and they're like, they're like awake. It's weird. So I don't know how that works. Uh, anyway, so you lose an hour. So get three extra hours of sleep and let's be ready for what God has for us on Sunday morning. Amen. Uh, there are some sign-up sheets out there in the back uh, in the outer foyer for our youth rally. And so if you could help us out with things like drinks and, and uh, chips and, and all that stuff, there's a sign-up sheet out there uh, for that. But it is, we're going to have probably about two Two or 250 uh, people running around through here, and so we'll need all the help we can with things like cleaning up and, and all that stuff. So if you can help us out with that, we would sure appreciate uh, that. And by the way, be here for the meeting. It's a blessing. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to be here uh, for that. And then also there's several sign-up sheets out there for our ladies as well. And so again, ladies, don't forget about the ladies' retreat that's coming up at Riverside Baptist Church up in St. Joseph, Missouri. And so that's April the 21st and the 22nd. And so ladies, if you'd like to go to that, you do need to sign up by March the 15th. And so again, that's a week from tonight. And so make sure that you sign up uh, for that. And then also, our missions conference is going to be April the 12th through the 16th. And so we'll need help with nursery uh, workers. And then also, there's a ladies' tea that's Saturday uh, the 15th. And so if any of our ladies that would like to go to that, you do need to sign up uh, for that as well. And yes, men, we are doing a men's prayer breakfast. (laughs) Amen. So the ladies can do their pinkies out tea, but we're eating meat. Amen, and something like that. So uh, that'll be it. I think we're shooting for 9 o'clock that uh, Saturday morning and going back over uh, to the Golden Corral. And then, Lord willing, next year maybe we'll have our, our nice uh, remodel fellowship hall and we can, we can bring in all kinds of possum and armadillo and stink it up over there. Amen. So, all right, I'm just trying to help you. All right, armadillo, all that is is possum on a half shell. Amen. So... All right, let's all take our prayer list out uh, tonight, and uh, maybe one day I'll tell you a funny story about a missionary from Fiji, Brother Navi Bola, amen. He, we were coming back from a Chinese restaurant, and an armadillo ran out in front of us, and I'd never seen this, uh, about a 350-pound Fijian man climb over a front seat of a van uh, in a church van, because he said, what, what is that, brother? What is that, brother? And I said, bro, that's an armadillo. That's possum on a half shell. You want somebody to cook one up for you? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Amen. All right, our prayer list tonight, just some things, if you would. I just wanted to uh, mention some things. Uh, if you would, continue to pray for Miss Carolyn Moore. 
I uh, got a text from Brother Moore today. They have still not heard anything from KU Hospital. She does have a blockage in her bile uh, duct, and so uh, they, were, they did a procedure over here at Olathe, and it wasn't successful, and so they were going to pass her off to KU, and they have still not heard anything there. And so, as you can imagine, they're uh, frustrated and, and patiently waiting on that, and so if you would just continue to pray uh, for them. Also, continue to pray for Brother Joe Heater and his family. Uh, I mentioned this in our men's prayer, but uh, they just had kind of a bout of sickness uh, with little James has had the croup, and then Adeline, and, and so just if you would pray for their uh, family. Uh, if you would continue to pray for the fellowship hall and the gymnasium, as well as the missions house over there, and uh, as that continues to go through. And then also have a couple to add on there. Uh, if you would add on there our missionary, Miss Jenny Carpenter, I uh, got a text from uh, her this past week, and so they, uh, she has a doctor's appointment on the 28th of this month, and uh, so if you would pray for her, she uh, has to travel back uh, to the States and then that uh, appointment. And then the other one was, I forgot to add this, or write this on there, Miss Sue uh, McCray, but you had texted me about a three-year-old, and uh, what was the name on that one? Maddie Owens, and uh, she got diagnosed with leukemia today, or was that, or this week, <clears throat> and so, if, okay, so let's pray for this little girl, as well as her family, and I know they would appreciate that, and, uh, And they are at the uh, Cook's uh, Children's Hospital, Cook Children's Hospital in Dallas. I did uh, remember that. And so if you would pray, uh, add Maddie Owens on there and pray for her uh, family as well as her. And I know they would appreciate that. Anybody got a prayer lit, a prayer request or an update or anything? Okay, Brother Steve. Okay. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I talked to him today, so praise the Lord. He was telling me about his last day at work in April, so uh, pretty exciting uh, stuff. So amen, amen. So they're going to be uh, starting full-time uh, deputation, and so I know, they, they, I know we're praying, but do continue to pray for them and pray for traveling tonight. Brother Will? Okay. So let's continue to pray for Miss Sue uh, Kennedy, and uh, there, you know, she went into the hospital. I guess it was a week before last, and thought she had a heart attack. And so, uh, just continue to pray for her as they're doing some tests on her uh, with her heart, and trying to figure out what's going on there. So, Amen. Let's pray for her, Brother Gary um, Waters. I thought I saw your hands, huh? Okay, sorry, brother. Amen. So, add a few more in there. Amen, Miss Angel. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for that. So that was Miss Candy's uh, friend, I guess, it a coworker or something, and and so uh, praise the Lord for that. So uh, no breast cancer, and so that's a blessing there. All right. Anybody else tonight? All right, Brother Jesse. Okay, good. Absolutely. All right, so let's continue to pray for him. Uh, Kyle Rapling is on the second row and uh, about, uh, about three-quarters of the way down. That's Brother Jesse's co-worker. And uh, just pray for the Lord to open a door there for talking with him about the things of the Lord. But sure thankful to hear his wrist is doing better, so that's a blessing there. Go ahead, bro. Amen. Sure. Amen, brother. That's a blessing. Amen. So let's pray for Brother Jesse. Pray she says yes. Amen. Amen. 
That'd be all right with you, huh? <laughs> Amen. That's exciting, though. Uh, that's, a, that's a blessing to hear a young couple that wants to center it on the gospel and, and, and make sure the Lord's honored in that and glorified. So we'll sure be praying for that. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So that's a blessing. Anybody else uh, tonight? <clears throat> all right, let's have our men uh, come and uh, let's pray for these uh, things tonight and uh, just continue to uh, pray for folks just battling. Uh, do kind of have some stomach stuff. Good to see Miss Elaine uh, Hodges feeling better from that. And so let's pray for these things uh, tonight. Brother Raymer, would you pray for us, brother? ask you to stand with me one last time, please, and let's turn to page 651. Page 651, The Glory Land Way. We'll sing all three verses tonight. <clears throat> sing it out on the first. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way, I'm in the glory land way, heaven is nearer and the way grow with clearer for, I'm in the glory land way, list to the call, the gospel call today, get in the glory land way, wanderer come home, oh hasten to obey and get in the glory land way I'm in the glory land way I'm in the glory land way heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way onward I go rejoicing in his love I'm in the glory land way, soon I shall see him in that home above, oh, I'm in the glory land way, I'm in the glory land way, I'm in the glory land way, heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for, I'm in the glory land way. Amen. Great singing tonight. Let's go ahead and remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message this evening. Well, if you're in the glory land, way tonight. Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, about six or eight of us are. Amen. Everybody else is in the miserable land way, I guess. I don't know. I'm in the allergy land way. Amen. 
So Ephesians chapter number 6 tonight, and I do pray it's not a distraction uh, to you tonight. Uh, it's, I guess, well, we're looking at spiritual warfare. What did we expect, right? So Ephesians in, in chapter number 6 tonight. Now, if you were here or have been here, we've been going through the uh, book of Ephesians, and we've gotten to where basically... Paul has uh, been dealing with the church at Ephesus and now is telling them to put on uh, their spiritual uh, armor and spiritual armor that's needed for spiritual warfare. And so the idea here has been this. Since there seems to be a tremendous amount of casualties in our day and time, that we would spend some time here and, and just kind of chew on this and, and study on this. And, and so last week we, we looked at verses 10 through 13 and saw the reasons for the armor. And so tonight we're going to begin to look at the very first piece of the armor. So let's again, let's start in verse number 10 where this paragraph begins to pick up here and read through here because it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against, uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore and and here's the first piece having your loins girt about with truth all right so here's here's what i would say the first piece of armor tonight would be this the belt of truth all right now i know it doesn't say literally say the word belt there but the phrase there, girt about, is the idea of this, fasten your belt, all right? Or we would say it like this, buckle your belt, all right? So that, that's the idea. So this encompasses the soldier's uh, waist. It protects his lower organs. It's also tied to the breastplate, which is why it's mentioned there next, and having on the breastplate of, of righteousness. So Here's, here's, and here's what I would say to you tonight, okay? You and I would think of a belt in our day and time, and to be honest with you, we, you know, if you're a guy in here tonight, you, you would probably say, eh, I could go with or without a belt. All right? Yeah. You know, if you have a wife, all right, and you get dressed up for church and you forgot your belt, she's going to be looking at you like, something doesn't look right. You forgot your belt. All right, so we would say, all right, she would say, your belt is necessary. All right, and then if you're a guy and, you know, you've got, you know, some things pushing against your waistline, you might say the belt is necessary. All right, but here's what I would say to you tonight. You and I might say, well, it's kind of an insignificant piece, but if it's spiritual armor, I would say to you this, the belt is very necessary. And that's what we're going to see here uh, tonight. Because here's, here's the thing. This is the way I would say. Th this is the way I would look at it tonight. If your enemy's main warfare is deception, then truth is incredibly important. Truth is incredibly important. Father, would you bless the preaching tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight. I... Uh, Several months ago, it was actually back in September, we were going to the uh, GIBF meeting there in Indianapolis, and we were taking uh, Brother Jack and, and Miss Lizzie and Jalen and, and Jason, uh, and we were taking them to the meeting with us, and the reason was to have them basically be approved by the GIBM, the Global Independent Baptist Missions uh, Board there. And uh, then they were going to be presented as, as missionaries based upon their uh, approval and were going to use the GIBM as, as their uh, clearinghouse. And let me just say this as a side note tonight. I, I believe this. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we understand tonight that the church has the authority. 
all right? And, and Faith Baptist Church is their sending church. And to, so for them to be able to use that as a clearinghouse to help, with them, help them with things down the road like finances and life insurance and medical insurance, retirement and things like that, to which I would say, if that helps a missionary be a better steward of those things, man, praise God for those kind of things. And so long as they stand where we stand on the doctrine, we will continue uh, to use that and praise God for that. Amen. And that's just a real blessing. And I guess, I guess I just felt like, you know, it kind of frustrates me when preachers go, well, if they use a clearinghouse, we're not going to support them. To which I would say, if that's your attitude and that's your mentality, you're really limiting yourself. All right, as long as things are done biblically balanced, all right, that, that, I'm just saying to you, that's a very foolish stand uh, to take. But here's why I'm bringing all of that up. It's because I have gotten uh, these pants that I bought for fishing, and they are, in, they are incredibly comfortable. And I love wearing them things when I'm traveling, and they, they don't require you to have a belt on. And so I enjoy driving with them or flying on a plane with them. Or whatever, because when you got to go through security at an airport, you got to take off your belt and your pockets and all this stuff. Man, I don't have to wear a belt. I can just stick everything in my backpack and let it go through the thing. And the only thing I got to take off is my shoes. And I don't like doing that. And most people around me don't like me doing that. All right. So it's just a real blessing. So, anyways, I'm wearing my fishing pants and 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 we're traveling along. And we get to the hotel and we're going. We're getting ready for services that night. Well, here's what happened. Because those pants didn't require me to wear a belt, I forgot my belt. And so I'm getting my suit on, and I'm getting my tie on, and I'm looking for my belt, and I can't find my belt. And I have got to go with Jack and Lizzie in the meeting with the GIBM board tonight. And they're going to be looking at me like my wife is looking at me when I don't have a belt on going, something's not right with you. Which they might be thinking that for different reasons than the belt. But you understand, that's, that was what my thing was. And then, so I'm sitting there going, I don't have a belt. Oh, my goodness. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm going, all right, we ate too much at Cracker Barrel. And i got to button my suit up so they can't see my belt and all that. And then the next day, I've got to stand before the entire congregation and present them. And I didn't have a belt. So you know what I did the next morning when I got up? I went straight to Walmart, and I bought a belt. Now, here's what I'm saying to you tonight. Just as easily as you can forget your physical belt, well, I'm telling you, it's, it, you can easily forget your spiritual belt. But you understand the consequences are far greater, are far greater when you forget the spiritual belt. Does anybody get what I'm saying to you tonight? So let, let's, let's dive into this thing because as mentioned in our text last week, I, I believe this. I believe the Apostle Paul is following the example of our Savior. And what I mean by that is this. He's taking something very common of the day and using it to give a spiritual lesson to the church at Ephesus. The Lord Jesus would do, do those things called parables where he would take an earthly scene that's very common of the day and use it to give a, a heavenly meaning or a spiritual lesson. Well, here Paul is taking a Roman soldier And you understand, during the days of of the city of Ephesus, this would have been something very common of the day as the Roman Empire is ruling over them. And he's using it to illustrate their need to have on a spiritual uh, armor. And here's why. Because just as a Roman soldier needs to be prepared for physical battle, God's people need to be prepared for spiritual battles. Amen. And so be a fact, we looked at the very first verses there, those four verses, verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. Last week we saw the reasons why we're to put on, and by the way, notice he says not just the armor of God, but the whole armor of God. He repeats that over and over again. And be a fact, our text tonight, as it begins to list the armor here, we're reminded of this necessity to have on the armor of God. Notice how, notice how verse 13 says this, all right? At the end of verse 13, all right, he says, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And then it says this, and having done all to stand. And then notice how verse 14 says this, stand therefore. All right, so notice the repetition there. Stand, stand implies this, 
holding your ground. Now, you understand, it's not talking about, hey, just stand there. All right, like Barney Fife or Gomer Pyle. I've been watching Andy Griffith all afternoon, so I'm ready for tonight. But you understand, that's not what it's talking about when it's just like standing there in a loafing position. It's talking about standing as if to say, somebody is going to try to push you off the ground that you're on, and we know who that is. That's the devil, right? And so he's saying, stand, all right? And the idea is to firmly be, uh, to be resolute, to be resolved, not moving, not giving up ground. That, that's the idea. See, the, uh, because you, you understand we're in a spiritual uh, battle and Satan is trying to gain ground that belongs to God, whether that be in your personal life, it be in your family, or by the way, even it be in his church. I'm just telling you, he's trying to gain uh, ground. Therefore, you must have on this whole uh, armor of God. And, and certainly, as you see the word therefore there, therefore goes back to those reasons why we need the, this armor to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse number 11, his deception, his, his trickery, he's the father of life. In verse number 12, where we wrestle against darkness. And, and remember, Satan wants to maintain his strongholds in your life and in mine, uh, in our families, in our church. By, by the way, he even has them on cities and nations. You, you understand? Listen, it never, and I'm just telling you tonight, it never fails that when God is seeking to do a work in his church, there will be warfare as a result of it. People will act out and be foolish. Wicked things will take place. People will get sick. I'm just telling you, what, look, look at the things that have happened with, with some of these kids getting saved. I mean, think about, this was my prayer at the beginning of the year. God, we need to see people saved. We need to see the baptismal water stirred. Think about how many people we've, been, we've had follow the Lord in baptism as of late. I'm just telling you, God's doing a work. Somebody say amen tonight. I, I believe this. I believe as the pastor of Faith Baptist Church, we are seeing God do a work. But you mark it down, friend, where God's doing a work, the devil ain't happy about it. And there's just going to be warfare and, and, and those kind of things. And he's going to do those same kind of things in your family and mine, in our personal lives. Hey, why, why do you think it is? that we've got missionaries that want to go to Israel and take the gospel to the Jewish people, but, but the doors won't open over there. Why do you think that is? It's because Satan has a stronghold on that nation, and he wants to maintain it. He wants to keep those doors shut. So you and I got it. Listen, I'm just telling you, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you and I need to, but I'm telling you, you and I need to, we need to learn to have on the whole armor of God. Well, why? Well, as verse 13 says, so that we can stand in the, in the evil day. And that's exactly, that's exactly where we are. Listen, may we be encouraged tonight to know this. You are in a battle. I'm in a battle. As soon as you got saved, friend, you got in a battle with the devil. And he can't take your salvation and praise God for that, but he'll try to ruin your testimony tonight. And he'll try to knock you out so that the gospel doesn't bear fruit in and through your, your life, he's coming after you, but may we be encouraged tonight. God has not left us defenseless. He has given us this armor that we can put on, and, and it starts tonight with the belt of truth. And so let's get into this thing tonight. Notice he says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the, with the truth. And this is what I begin to think about tonight. The first thing that I thought of was this, this order of the belt. And what I mean by that is this, is that I find it interesting that the belt of truth is the very first thing that is mentioned as the piece of armor. And, and I believe this, it is mentioned first, not, not because it necessarily goes on first, uh, first, but because of its importance, that it, the, the role that it plays within the armor. All right, you ever, I mean, because I got to be honest, and I, hopefully your mind would be kind of where mine is at, but when I think of armor, I don't immediately go, oh yeah, the belt. I think of the sword, or I think of the shield, when I think of armor, or maybe the helmet, or, or the breastplate, or something like that, because it would be cool to get one of those plates that has the abs in there too, to cover up my 
belly, you know, and make me look tough. Even, 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 guys, even when I get dressed, I mean, I could very easily walk out of the house without a belt on because I don't just go, oh, yeah, I got to get a, I got to get a, get a cool belt. I don't think of stuff like that. I mean, belt, to me, the belt is just like, I don't know, it's pretty much a useless piece of, you know, stuff that goes around your waistline unless some kid from the junior church comes up and grabs on your pants leg too hard, then praise God, you got a belt on, amen? You, I just, you know, I don't think of things like that, but here's, but... But, but you understand, th- this is the thing. Paul, and, and more importantly, the Holy Spirit of God, who's ultimately the author of the Scriptures. All right, they, uh, all right so you understand, he lifts the belt first. And, and so again, th- I think that there's something worth looking at here. And, and really, I would say to you tonight, though it is a small piece in the armor, it was one of the most important pieces in the armor because it held much of the other pieces uh, together. In the Roman armor, all right, you have the breastplate, and, and, and even some of the higher-ranking soldiers, such as centurions, they also had these guards that were on uh, their legs. And, and, so, and then, of course, you had the sheath for your sword uh, to go in. And so the point is this, is that the belt had a role in all of these other pieces. All right, it had a role in all of those things. It supported and held the leg guards in place and the breastplate in place and certainly the sheath that, that, that would hold uh, your sword by, by your side. And I think we also got to understand this, that, that it wasn't a belt like necessarily like what you and I would wear in our day. It was more like a girdle, all right? It was a larger uh, belt um, that covered the lower portions, the core of your body. Notice it says in verse number 14, it says, Having your loins girt about, it, that's because the belt protected the loin uh, region, which basically, all right, it starts, it, it's, it's, it extends from the bottom of your ribs, so wherever your ribs are, and then it goes all the way down to the middle of your thigh. That, that's the region that it protected. So it was a very large uh, area that it, that it covered, but you think about this. Think about the, all right, you start from here and you go down. Think about the vital organs that are right here. And, and the things that it, listen, I'm just telling you, you don't have that girdle on, son. You get hit right in here, it's over. You know, in the cowboy days, they called that gut shot. You know, and all, you know when you watch them old cowboy western, they, oh, you're gut shot. There ain't nothing I can do for you. Because there wasn't, man. It hit vital organs. They got in there and hit things that, you know, there was, the damage was done. And, and it's the same idea here. Now, so, okay, so what is this? This belt of truth, preacher, we, we get it, all right? It's a girdle that kind of goes around, and it protects vital organs. So what, is it, what does it mean by that? What, what is the, what, you know, if I could say it like this, this is what I would say. What would be its identity if it's, if it's this belt of truth that, that we have to have on? Here's what I would say to you tonight. I would say to you this, it's the Word of God. And, and if you, you and I are going to have on this belt, then I think that we've got to understand this tonight, that truth has its origins in the Word of God. Here's what Jesus said, Sanctify them in thy truth, thy word is true. All right, be a fact, here's something else that Jesus also said on multiple occasions, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. You, you understand? See, here's the thing. The words and the thoughts and the philosophies of men will come and go. But one thing is timeless and it is always right. The Bible. And and by the way, and let me just go ahead and say this tonight, since we're in America and we still speak English here, I I would even go as far as to say this, that when when we're talking about the belt of truth and and its identity being in the Word of God, I would also say to you tonight that that means the authorized King James Version of the Scriptures tonight. You understand? This is what we believe as a church body and that we should believe individually is that it's the preserved Word of God for the English-speaking people. And, and by the way, and, here's, and let me just say this tonight because we're going to kind of camp out right here just for a minute. But we don't say these things just to go, well, you know, that's just what we always believe. All right? No, no, no. I, I think we can rightly define, and we should be able to, 
we should be able to rightly define and communicate our stance and why we stand on the authorized King James Version of the Scriptures. Because, I listen, this is a thing for me, but it is a very big pet peeve for me when people go, yeah, bless God, we just, we believe the King James Bible. And most of the time when guys say stuff like that, they don't even know what's in it. They can't tell you what a church is. They can't tell you why they stand on Baptist baptism and closed on the Lord's Supper. They can't even tell you why they use the King James Bible outside of, well, that's just what we've always used. Well, I think we ought to be able to rightly define those things. Don't you agree? I got to be, and I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to be ugly or mean, but this was my heart. When, when, I, when I got saved, I wanted to know two things. Why we're Baptists, what, which church is the right church, and praise God for the trail of blood that helped me on that. But the other thing was, why do we use the King James Bible? And I went to my pastor and I said, why do we use the King James Bible? And maybe he just took me as somebody that was trying to start something, but I really wasn't. I was really earnestly trying to ask, why do we use that? And he said, we just use the King James Bible. Now, let me, let me help you with this. That's not a good enough answer. We've got to understand those things. And, I got, and I'm, just, I'm very, very thankful that I had people around me that put good books in my hand to help me to discern those things. And as I read several books and all of these things, I begin to realize there are reasons why. And I begin to develop and study it out and, and develop my own stand on this book. And let me just help you with this tonight. We are not transitioning from this translation. We, we are standing, we are standing on this translation. Stand therefore. And having done all to stand, friend, and, and listen, and we will continue to do so so long as I am pastor of Faith Baptist Church. We're going to do those things. And, we're gonna, and here's why we're going to do those things. Number one is the manuscripts from which this, this authorized King James Version was translated from. It came from the Textus Receptus, which is just Latin for the received text. And, and the received texts are those Greek manuscripts that were received in by New Testament churches, by the way, Baptist churches, all right, down through the ages because they were found to be true and accurate manuscripts and copies of the Word of God. By the way, there are still over 5,000 manuscripts and 2,000 lectionaries. Lectionaries are sermons that contain scriptures, and they are still in existence today. This is the heritage of the King James Bible, friend. And no, no other, listen, l- listen to this, no other English version on the market today comes from that lineage of Greek manuscripts, and that includes the New King James I am so sick of guys getting on the internet and rewriting history. And you understand, and this is the thing that they, and I, they are trying to do this and claiming that, no, 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 the New King James was translated from the Texas Receptus. No, it wasn't. You're a liar. Stop it. You've read somebody that's rewriting things. I'm just telling you, it, it's not. It's a lie. I've read it. I've studied it out. I'm just telling you, it doesn't. There's only one that comes from that lineage, and that's this right here. Why would you need to rewrite it? It's not really that hard to understand. Somebody said it was written on a sixth grade uh, education level. Now it's moved up to like ninth grade. Because we've got a very foolish generation on our hands. But I'm telling you, it's still, you know, I guess we went from Jethro to whatever. Jethro was a hillbilly. He graduated the sixth grade, so he could still understood the Bible. Amen. All perversions on the market today are translated from the corrupt Westcott and Hort Greek manuscript, which is made up of two Greek manuscripts that were found in the mid-1800s. That doesn't sound like God preserved His Word if He had to hide it out for, for you know, several hundred years. And by the way, one was in a Catholic monastery and the other one was in a trash can about to be burned. They were both corrupt manuscripts, which is why they were at where they were but they, but they were used because they were found to be, quote-unquote, older. But here's the reason why they were older, because they were never used. They had always been deemed corrupt. Scrivener studied it out and said this. He's a well-known uh, authority, authority on, on translations and manuscripts. He said there were over 3,000 errors in the Gospels alone, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, in those two manuscripts. Yet they were still used. And this is why you have the mess that you have today in those perversions. You've got missing words, verses, entire paragraphs and passages. 
I'm just telling you, it's an absolute and utter mess. Why not just stick with the one that's been true down through the ages? All right? And let me, let me help you with something else. It's not just the manuscripts. It's the method of the translation. This is a word-for-word translation of the Bible. Uh, listen, it's, and that ensures an accurate translation and that the reader is getting what God had to say to mankind. This method of translation is opposed to the dynamic equivalency method where the translator would then read, would read a paragraph or a passage of Scripture and then write down what he thought it was trying to say. If you do that, then you're getting what the author thought it said, not what God said it said. I don't want what he thought it said. I want what God said. And, and the other one is the motive of translation for the authorized King James Bible It was to get the Word of God to the people. Did you know this? That the King James Version of the Scriptures is the only version without a copyright on it. And I, I listen, and I realize, and I'm preaching these things tonight. You, most of you have all heard that, and until you memorize it, we'll keep preaching it. And even when you memorize manuscripts and method of translation and motive behind it, we're still going to keep preaching it. This is what, I'm just telling you, this is what all of our kids that go to Heartland and they're, they're called to preach, they come into my office and we have doctrinal conversations in their, in their spring semester to get them ready. I had this conversation with Cody uh, Watson. I'm now having this conversation with my son. And you should be able to go to any of those two boys right now and go, what's the three reasons why we use the, trans, the King James Version? And they better say, manuscript, method, and motive. I ran into Cody at Heartland a while back, and he was like, hey, preacher, manuscript, method, motive. Good job. I'll buy your supper then. Okay, good job. I'm just telling they need to know these things because I don't want them going down there and getting around somebody down there that doesn't believe like they're supposed to and starting to talk a bunch of stuff. No, 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 no. They better go down there and be the influence. We still stand right here. This is the only book that you can take. And I, and I realize there are people that got study Bibles and, and they've, got, you know, they've got study uh, notes in here from a commentator and things like that. And so there's a copyright on the front. But you need to understand, that stuff is copywritten, but the words of God are not copywritten. And by the way, that stuff is not, uh, not uh, God-breathed either and inspired. The Word of God is God-breathed and inspired. Because I'm just telling you right now, Schofield believed in the gap theory. I don't believe in the gap theory. I believe God created the world in six days, 24-hour days. And I'm not buying this Nelson stuff either because I'm not universal church. Don't get me started on all this nonsense. But you understand, this is the only one. You can't, listen, here's the thing. You You can take this right now and go in there on our printer and just make copy after copy after copy and go out there and give it out. You can't do that with an NIV or an ESV or a whatever V. You, I'm, I'm just, they have copyright. Why? Because here's the motivation. You know what the best-selling book in the world is? The Bible. And here's the thing. Man is getting more and more wicked and more and more wicked and more and more wicked. So here's what, here's what the publishers do. Let's come up with another version that takes out things like homosexuality. Let's take out the blood. Let's take out repentance. Let's take out Calvary. It's wicked. I'm telling you, I want all that in there because I want to know what God requires of me. Because, listen, this, this is not, here's the thing. This was never meant for men to change it. It was meant to change men. And by the way, listen, and I, I'm going to stop there. But we can keep going on. Did you know this? This was written at the height of the English language. It's a literary masterpiece. I'm just telling you the truth. It's, but, but, but here's the thing. Besides man's opinion of it, besides the opinion of, opinions of men, think about the fruit this thing is bore. The, the revival meetings, the, I'm talking about major, the shape, it has shaped nations. This one included. The, the, the revivals, the spiritual awakenings, the people that have been saved, the churches that have been started, the missionaries that have been called, all because of the preaching of this book. Why would you want to go to something else? Well, you know, it's just so hard to understand. Well, why don't you get saved and get the Spirit of God within you and then you can understand it. 
You don't need to trans, you know, transition from the translation. You need to transition in, from being a child of the devil to being a child of the king. And some of these wicked heathens like Brian Sams and all these yahoos that are talking about re- reforming Baptists and all that, they're wicked as the devil. Wicked as the devil. You don't need to trans, they need to be saved. They need to get right with God. Bunch of nonsense and stuff. Well, you better move on, preacher. You're going to get a little hot under the collar. I know, but my allergies cleared up. But let me tell you this, the order, listen, it's identity is the authorized King James Bible. It's the Word of God. But its order also speaks of importance, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's, as I already mentioned, this is why it's mentioned, it's mentioned first. It's, or, it's important, and here's why. Because of its influence on other pieces of armor. Did you ever think about this? In verse number 14, it's listed with the breastplate of righteousness because it holds the breastplate in its place. And I want you to think about this. So you have truth and you have righteousness, and those two things go together. Did you ever think about this? Righteousness is actually determined by truth. Righteousness is doing what's right. Well, how do you know what's right if you don't have the truth? The belt holds the sheath of the sword in Look at verse number 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? It's the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. It's an offensive, uh, an offensive weapon against the enemy. It's what the Lord Jesus Christ quoted against the devil when he was tempted. But how are you going to know what to quote if you don't have the belt on? Well, I'm just not real sure if it's truth or not. Hello? Think about this, friend. It's also important because of what it protects. It guards the lower organs of the body that are vital to life. And, and listen, and I'm not trying to be ugly or anything tonight, but, but please listen to this. It protects the procreative region, which f- allows for fruit. That's literally what the loins mean right there. Girt your loins about. Notice it says, your loins girt about with, with truth. A soldier that is wounded in, in this region, right in here, he will either not survive or he will either not be able to bear children. And you think about this too, the belt speaks of authority. It was worn by Roman soldiers who were given authority by the Roman Empire. And even in our culture, belts are given to a, uh, as an award to show their rank, their authority as champion, like boxing. NFL, that was a joke, all right. Everybody's going, yeah, he's, all I could think of is State Farm Insurance. What's that? Who was that? Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, was it? Green? I was thinking of Brett Favre. He was actually the better Green Bay Packer. No, I'm just kidding. Me and CJ is back there going, my point is this. Now watch this. Okay, so it's, it symbolizes authority and it protects life. And, and fruit, L- listen to this, the Word of God is our authority for faith and practice. It's our authority for faith and practice. Everybody catching this? And if we'll stick to the Word of God, watch this, it will protect us from the false doctrine and foolishness of the day, but at the same time, we can bear fruit unto God in our lives and in our churches. You, this, I'm just telling, listen, I, I realize ministry can get murky and, and rough at times, but to be honest with you tonight, and I, it's really not that complicated. Just preach the book. People will get saved. People will get right with God. No, don't get me wrong. Some people will reject it, but preach the book. If you want to see, if you want to see real fruit, you want to see real spiritual fruit unto God, you want to see real abundant life, Follow this right here. Now get, get your girdle on, get your belt of truth on, and follow that right there. I'm, I'm just telling you, because here, listen, I, I'm just, because here's the thing. The Word of God, it does not return back void. It doesn't. Now, let me give you the second thing, and, I'm, and I'll finish tonight here in about 30 or 45 minutes. Because you have the order of the belt, but let me give you this tonight too, because this is important, and that's the obscuring of the belt. The word obscure means this, to make something unclear. 
hard to understand, confusing. And this goes back to the wiles and the methods of our enemy, knowing that truth and the belt is an important piece of armor. Satan will do what he can to try to get us to put on another belt that is weaker or not even wear a belt at all. Because here's why. Watch this. Because if he can knock this thing out, guess what else is effective? This. This. You ain't got no belt on. That's gone. Look, look. Make, make no mistake, friend. Satan's trying to obscure the truth of the Word of God. Listen, I, I don't have time tonight, but you and I understand. You can go back to Genesis chapter 3, and the very first time in verse number 1, when the serpent, who is the devil, and it says this, he was more subtle than, subtle than any beast of the field. Right there, you already have his character. He is subtle, he is sneaky, he is deceptive, and he said unto the woman, listen to this, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Did you catch that? All he did was he took that little period at the end of that statement and he just put a question mark right there. One little change. Everybody catching that? One little change is all he needed to make. And then he clouded it, he obscured the truth, when tempting Eve to sin, and by the way, he's still doing the same thing today. Why, do, why? Listen, why do you think there are so many versions on the market, of the versions of the Bible? Why do you think that is? Listen, the devil's not going to come out and go, hey guys, this is what I'm doing. That's not how he works. He's subtle. He's sneaky. He's deceptive. And every year, every year, new version comes out. Let me make a little change right there. But here's what I have found in my day, is that it's not just corrupt versions of the Bible. It's also in our culture. You know what's become popular in our day and time now? Truth has now become subjective. Do you understand what that means? In, in other words, truth is, is now relative. It's, it's relative to what you believe or how you were raised or your circumstances of life or the color of your skin. And, and so therefore, there are no absolutes. And what, what may be truth for you, well, you know, preacher, it's... That's not truth to me. And it's no wonder that we've got a culture that is filled, utterly filled with chaos and confusion. And nobody knows what's truth anymore. The earth is flat and two plus two no longer equals four. And it's now why this has been written on a ninth grade grade level instead of a sixth grade grade level. Because we're just ignorant. And here's what I know, okay? Here's what I know. This is what Satan wants. Whatever's going on out there, he wants it to bleed over into in here. He wants it to bleed over into your life, and in my life, and into your family, and into my family, and into this church. Is everybody catching this? And here's the thing, and here's the thing. You know what he's hoping? He's hoping that kind of mentality out there where truth is subjective, it'll come right up in here. Well, why? Because then God's people will be sitting in the pew and holding truth. But this then becomes subjective when it should be authoritative. And all of a sudden, now... I'm determining what's right and wrong in this thing instead of this being over me and determining what's right and wrong with me. You catch that? I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm telling you, 
This is, this is the day and age in which we, we live. And, 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 uh, he, and I'm, we, this is the days of Isaiah. This is what he said. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And it's this way, it, it, and it's this way because the Bible has become subjective rather than authoritative. Now, I'm just telling you, listen, never in my life what I have thought, I mean, and even since I got saved back in the mid-90s, I never thought that in 2023 we'd be seeing some of the things that we're seeing in our day and time. And I'm not just talking about what's going on in the world. I'm talking about what's going on in so-called churches. I, listen, it's, it's no longer, well, you know, I just can't believe women are preachers now. It's not that. Now sodomites are preachers. We got drag queens in pulpits. It's, I, I'm just telling you right now. It should make us sick, because I know this, it makes God sick. That's what abomination means. That is some of the most vile and wicked stuff. That This is what's going on in our day and time. And we've got, listen, and we've got people in, in the pews that are justifying their use of alcohol, pornography, w- wicked living, and all. Listen, it's, we, are, we, are, we have come to the point in America where we are like those in the Old Testament, where we don't even blush over our own wickedness anymore. In fact, we, we just justify it, and here's why. Because truth is subjective. And now when the preacher stands up and preaches the Word of God, this is the mindsets of people that are, that are sitting in the pews. Well, well, you know, preacher, that's the way you interpret it. No, 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 no. It's, it's, listen, right is still right and wrong is still wrong. Not, you take it in its literal, historical, grammatical context, and I'll guarantee you, we are rightly dividing the Word of Truth. It's not about, well, you know, that's the way I interpret it. No, it's just your unwillingness to submit yourself to the authority of God's Word. That's the problem. But this is the mindset. Well, you know, preacher, that's, that's, your, that's your truth. That's not truth to me. No, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's God's truth and we're to submit ourselves to it. That's the issue at, at hand. And see, here's the thing. When there are no absolutes and this book becomes subjective, then here's what the devil's done in your life. Righteousness no longer applies to you. That's flapping in the wind, friend. You you can't have the breastplate on. You can't have the sword of the Spirit. And you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. You're wide open for attack. And you'll be out of the battle, so to speak. And you're not ever going to bear the things of God, the fruit of the things of God in your life. That's where we're coming to. And please catch this tonight. If there is anything that I could encourage you with, it would be this tonight. Please listen to this. Get the belt of truth on. Get it on and keep it on. What, what, what does that mean, preacher? What does that mean? I need to go. No, 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 no. That means this. That means go get you an authorized King James Bible and sit there and look at that thing and know within your soul and within your heart, this is the Word of God for me. And I don't have to doubt it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to listen to some intellectual jackleg on social media rambling about everything. I can know this is the Bible. And I can rest my head in that and know the, this is what God has for me and I don't have to worry about anything else. And then here's what you do. When you get it, this is what I mean by getting it on. Know this is the Bible, but then watch this then put it as the authority in my life. And watch what God does. Let's all stand tonight.